Strutting Wall Awesome Podcast Radio Hour. <laughs> oh, God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. All oh, this melts of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed up. <laughs> we are live and direct. Go for it, man. Welcome Yo. to Driving Well Awesome. Yo, my, my name is Lane. My name's Warren. I'm Brian. And I'm Art. Wow. <laughs> It's really big. Oh man, uh, that was like a five second delay. Uh, fuck. Really big delay. Art's on a boat. Uh, yes. Biggest delay of all. Yeah. If uh, so, for the listeners. Yeah, so yet I'm on a cruise somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Art is not that drunk. He's actually on some pirated Wi-Fi in the middle of the ocean between Mexico and Cuba. Is that somewhat correct? That's accurate. That is correct, though. Okay. So you. Went to oh, Cuba. Like, looks like I found another spot to camp out. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Art's doing his own separate podcast. Right I would now. love it's to like see very different. The recon. I want to see recon going on. No, no, I want to see a surveillance camera right now. Yeah. Of Art, Art moving around, around, around. With his laptop open. He's got headphones on. He's looking around nervously. Dude, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That is exactly it. I'm like actively walking around with the laptop open in my hand, and I'm talking into my headphones, recording a live radio show, and. <laughs> Uh, people are talking and music is playing. So uh, now tell us, down a hallway. tell yeah. us about your trip so far. Um, you were in Cuba today or yesterday? Uh, yesterday. So I left yesterday. We spent the day in Cozumel today. So we just had um, basically a, a full day in Cozumel. So it's uh, you know a little beachside, little uh, resort kind of deal. Yeah, we've um, all heard the beach of, boys. Uh, about Mexico, Cocobo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I uh, did that all day today. I uh, got to swim with some dolphins. That was fun. What? Nice. And dude, yeah, pretty rad. They came, you know, right up to us. Got to pet them. Um, did that whole deal. And then um, uh, just chilled on the boat and all that. But yeah, Cuba was the highlight of the trip. Obviously, that was like the main focus. So actually, came uh, from Miami, uh, went straight to Cuba and. Dude, Cuba is freaking epic, man. I mean, the you know, everything that everyone says, yeah, like, yeah, it feels like you're traveling back in time. Uh, you know, there's... Tell that bitch, say, shut up. Not half, but, you know, like, I, dude, Jesus Christ, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, everywhere I go, it's like, a, it's a fucking party. Um, but, um, like, there we go. People went into the room. Where's all the pictures, um, dude? So, you haven't capped that many snaps. Oh, dude, the cap to snaps uh, is a fucking, dude... I destroyed my phone. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I was taking pictures, and the I dropped it where we were starting. And, uh, and then the dolphin basically stole it, dude. I couldn't get it back. Um, right now he's taking video of but, you. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> exactly. He's like, dude, like, take this out. He's like, going to start posting. We'll see what he posts. Um, His flipper, like, in. works on the uh, touch ID thing. Exactly. <laughs> Um, no, but, uh, but yeah, Cuba's freaking rad. Um, I'd say about 40% of the cars on the road are, are, you know, the old school, you know, fifties and sixties cars that you see in pictures. Um, most of them are restored, um, some are in really poor condition, but are just, you know, that's just what they have. And, um, uh, they're unfortunately in, I think 
like mid 2000s or something like that or early 2000s um they um, had a trade agreement with some european countries so they imported a lot of like really cheap european cars so you have a lot of like um you know just super basic little peugeots and citroens um and they're a lot a lot of a lot a lot of mm. Um, you see those a lot, but, um, outside of that, it's going to be, uh, you see a lot of Chevys and Cadillacs and Oldsmobiles and Buicks and, um, and it, most of them, because they didn't have access to replacement components and parts, um, have modern diesel drivetrains from, uh, either Hyundais or Toyotas, wow. uh, which is super random. And, um, the, we, uh, rent or not necessarily rented, but we paid for a, a driver to drive us around in this 1952 Bel Air, uh, or might have nice. been 53 actually. Uh, and when he, it's super beautiful car. It was a teal car, and he did all the work himself because you know in Cuba, <clears throat> you know people like the average wage is like you know 250 to 300 dollars a month uh, for you know most people. Uh. So a lot of people do all the work themselves and there isn't a lot of enterprise for like that type of shit. Like there are a few places that will do some custom, like, you know, upholstery work or stuff like that. He was saying how the only thing in his entire car that he paid for someone to do was his headliner. So obviously that's super difficult to do. Um, and, but the, the upholstery in the interior was like, um, like a saddle, uh, and, uh, and the exterior is a really nice teal, uh, with some white trim, uh, and we cruised around that and gave us a tour of the city and this is Havana. And, uh, and this is nuts. Uh, so when he fired it up, I immediately noticed that it was a diesel and, uh, I asked him what it was and he said that it was a modern, uh, Hyundai diesel motor. And, uh, that's what he was using. And, you know, and it was a 1953 Bel Air. And from the exterior, you would never know it, but, um, <laughs> they adapted this freaking modern diesel motor to, to this car. And, um, it's just cause, you know, they, they don't have access to any, any American parts. Um, and you know, they can't ultimately can't afford them either if they were to import them from other countries. So you see a lot of that. Um, but yeah, Cuba's cool, man. I mean, it's, it's an interesting place. It is definitely like frozen in time. Like, you know, I'll be posting some pictures. I, I luckily I took most of them with my camera. So with my, with, not with my phone and, um, you know, I can pull them off and post them later, but, um, there's this one shot that I want to post where, um, it's, it's like, it's all fifties cars. And like, obviously the city, the city is, you know, mostly like colonial architecture. So like the, the caption is going to be like December 2017 but it looks like it could be 1955 right um you would never know uh you know the little cafes look the same that whole deal um i went to uh ernest hemingway's favorite hotel and had dinner there and um had his favorite daiquiri and did that Whoa, whole bit so nice. that's so um, cool yeah but um yeah, it was rad. It was, it was really cool. I mean, the people were super friendly and like, it was interesting to hear like how most Cuban people, like they, they really like made an effort for us to know that they love American people and they want their country to be opened up to their, you know, that basically they, they don't want this weird, awkward relationship and they have no, nothing against us. And they're and like, they're like, please tell your government that, you know, like we, we want this to work out and like, we're so bummed that like things got reverted and like, you know, we have like, this whole, you know, just every single person I spoke with and like, it was really cool. You know, like, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, it seems one-sided here that, that, that you know, there are politicians and shit have problems with them, but. 
So did you have um, a car seat with yeah, you man. for uh, the little one? Because you're with your daughter too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We actually did take our car seat because, you know, we figured it was going to get a little gnarly. So, um, you know, the one thing that we're concerned about was safety. And uh, and so and Amelia is like, you know, a two-year-old and she's just like very, very like, she gets very squirmy. So like we figured she would want to be like walking around the entire car and standing up and shit. So we did bring the car seat and that was really helpful. Cool. Yeah, I figured uh, that wouldn't fly too well with the old '50s Chevy and uh, in a foreign country, just on the lap or something. It wouldn't work too well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, cool. in terms of flying, they, they, they don't give a shit. But yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to do it. Yeah, they have the extra little lap belt. Um, so I've I've heard that parts of Cuba um, that are you know touristy it kind of feels like a tourist trap or at least like it's sort of propped up for, you know, the, the sake of tourism. Did it feel like that? Or did you actually feel like you were in the real, you know, real deal? Yeah. I mean, no, that's a good question. And I think, you know, there, there is that, you know, you get like certain areas that have been redone and, 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 you know, kind of kept really tidy and everything for that, for, for tourism. Uh, and to get, to have that, you know, quite literally the facade kind of like, looking polished and right. and preserved or whatever but we got to actually explore quite a bit and got into like areas of, of of cuba that were where people live you know and they're very very heavily dilapidated and i mean we're talking you know crumbling homes it's actually really bizarre it, it looks like a post-apocalyptic like landscape dude i mean you have like these these buildings that uh, are literally crumbling and like and people live in them and it's just that there no one is you know they can't afford to fix them and 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 now what's happening is the government you know especially since um you know that since obama went and like was going to open up trade and start pulling the embargo like uh the government was really um uh incentivizing certain individuals to actually repair their homes and to improve them because you know that's that's an attraction you know like i mean because all these a lot of most of the architecture is, is is really really old like um it's either you know, the, the most modern stuff is from the fifties and then everything else is, you know, hundreds of years old and dating back to colonial times. It's awesome. I want to go. I really do. I want to go too. Yeah. That'd be rad. Um, how many days did you get to stay there? Uh, just two. Yeah. There's even Airbnb. I was looking at it. Uh, you can stay in like a colonial home in Havana mm-hmm. and, Looks really, really interesting. So, cool, man. Well, I, I definitely look forward yeah, to seeing yeah. the, your cap snaps. And you were also in Miami, so you must have seen a little bit there. I know you posted one pic. Yeah, Miami's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, it's like, for, well, actually, not really much of a mixed bag. I mean, you have the, the, the occasional kind of highlights, but for the most part, it's it's kind of what you'd expect. It's, it's a lot of flashy bullshit. You know, you have the Lamborghinis just cruising up and down the boulevards and most of the supercars are wrapped in ridiculous colors and, or, you know, gold or silver. And, you know, you have, it's just cheese ball shit, you know? I mean, occasionally you have like something interesting like that Corvette that I posted that is still over the top, but it's right. like at least cool and unique um, versus like, you know, just like, you know, like the, 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 the blatant flaunting of wealth and shit like that. So um, a lot of, a lot of high end stuff, a lot of a, like high end AMGs wrapped in, in, in matte wraps, you know, that sort of thing, but it's not very exciting. So that's why I kind of, I didn't really take that many pictures in Miami, believe it or not. Um, 
we have a ton in Cuba uh, for Cuba, so it, it'll be fun going through that. Right on. Word. So Project Car Updates, this is a Sunday edition. What do you guys got? Anyone get any Christmas gifts? Car related? Yeah. Dude, I did. I got a set of uh butler maps for those are like the uh the motorcycle maps. Oh cool. Um this one I kinda sniped this one. I was like, uh Christina, you're getting me this for Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah. But um it's like I got uh Nevada just to see what would be you know, I I just basically got the nearby states, Nevada, Oregon, Washington. Um, and then two other maps that are, uh, it's labeled backcountry discovery route. So it's for like off-road touring. And, um, I had thought they were just like Butler maps, like standard ones, but it turns out they're specific. Uh, you know, I thought it was just going to be off-road stuff in the different States, but it's a specific route. And apparently it's like a collaborative thing where, uh, a lot of different people in the industry helped decide a, a route that would go all the way through. And they kind of like, where is it? So I, the maps, there's several, and it turns out it's kind of like an open source project. Um, so you can go, uh, you know, I have the maps, the hard copy maps, but you can get pretty much all the information, and all the GPS coordinates online for free. Um, but uh, they're all over. Uh, the first one was in Oregon and then they kept, I think they started from the West out Um but they, for some reason, Butler doesn't have an Oregon map. I got Washington and Nevada, but it's super cool. It's like a sit, like Nevada in particular, you start, um, just south of Vegas and it's like a six day trip and they plan out the entire thing, Whoa. you know, like starts and stops and the distances between gas and all that. Um, and you go all the way to the top of the state where you then connect to Utah basically that that map um and and idaho is up there too um and then uh the washington one is the same way where you basically go the full state from bottom to uh canada and the bottom one matches up with the oregon trail right 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 but uh, it looks really cool and i'm not i'm not certain that you could take a car or a truck over all of these trails because some of it's like I saw one picture and it's like a restricted access to, um, 50 inch width or, or less. Oh, so right. basically like Motorcycle. the smaller UTVs and motorcycles only. Um, but then like the note there, and I guess this was on the website, the note there was, uh, that they just opened that to cars. Wow. Um, they, they removed that restriction, but I think you'd have to, you know, these are just like general guidelines and you have to go through each one like stage by stage basically and do the research and, uh, you get stuff from the U S government. Um, I, I forget what they're called, but there's like actual like off road, uh, guide maps that, yeah. that you reference uh, and probably you, permits and stuff. In some cases it would tell you those guidebooks would tell you that you need permits. I think super cool though. Wow. It's really rad to be able to unfold these. And you know, like I, I have, I recently, the reason why I asked for that was because I got the NorCal and SoCal versions. Yeah. Um, and I showed you guys those, I love but those things. it's so really, it's cool. really cool. And I, I love, you know, just having a big, uh, you know, it's like so high resolution, right? Like you can actually pour over the details and you're not scrolling and zooming in and out. Um, and or having to flip pages, even if you have it. Right. Yeah. Go <laughs> like, like an atlas, you know, but... a five is on page 76. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to see it all on one panel and it's like the nice durable finish too. Yeah. Um, super cool. I'm really stoked on them. I've been like flipping through them and cool. Yeah. 
I got a uh, my wife got me this book. It's a uh, BMW oh. Alpina por- Performance Portfolio, <laughs> oh, 19, cool. 1988 to 1998, and it's basically just a bunch of compiled magazine articles from the day, right. mainly British, um, reviewing all the Alpina models and some road tests, you know, against other. So um, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I had seen it on Amazon, and um, I think she saw it, you know, on there. So uh, I got that, and um, it's it's rad because it has the b6 which is my like kind of you know one of my favorite alpinas it's an e30 m3 with a tuned uh six cylinder of the day with you know lightweight uh crank and all, all sorts of like internals and uh there's three uh magazine reviews of the car and oh, it's, cool. it's really interesting I, and when you look up the car online there's like almost no information there's like a few photos and then here's like three full articles oh, on so it. Cool. So have you yeah. read it all? Or? I've just been kind of like scanning through it, yeah. you know. But yeah, that stuff like the car reviews of the cars prior to the widespread internet is yeah. like a hard thing to find. Like it's sometimes you're looking hard. at pictures of magazines, but that's super rare that you would have that. Even. You know, and like the Alpina website itself lists their cars they've built, but they have maybe a paragraph right. per car, and it's essentially technical specs, you know, yeah. the output and Dude, blah, blah, blah. Dude, that's awesome. Pretty cool. So there's a few things in here I want to uh, save for trivia, but uh, yeah, it's mm. cool. So okay. yeah, that was, that was one of my uh, yeah. cool gifts. <coughs> Any, yeah, cool? one thing that I, I've been wanting to like figure out a way to compile is not I don't it's not a gift but it's related to what you're describing is uh like the vintage auto mags dudes like they posted up um you know it was like a supercar battle or something and like the, the thing that was uh, I was most interested in, in the upper left hand corner there was a little a little blurb that said like 16 page tire tests you know and, uh, tire yeah. tests. uh 16 pages of tire tests and I was like dude like that is so sick in period you know and, like I would love to collect all those tests of like the tires back then like it would be super interesting to me, you know, like, cause obviously like tire technology has changed so much and like just to see the parameters that they use and how they describe the tire performance. Oh yeah. Like, they're relative to how they are now. And this, they're talking about the, one of the big differences is the massive tires, these wheels and tires, these cars from Alpina have 17 inch. <laughs> That's the massive. They were yeah. that big. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. On the seven series, and dude, oh, Art, yeah. that is so nerdy that you would want to like get that detailed about tires that you can't even get and won't even remember, really. Dude, for sure. I mean, well, you know, I mean, maybe it's time that these uh, manufacturers start looking into these things, making Pirelli P P sevens again. Yeah, we like sidewall. We like you know appropriately sized uh, tires for these cars. So, I mean. Right now, there there's really nothing out there in 14 and 15 for our cars anymore. True, true, true. Elaine, what What's about you? Back? You get anything? Uh, I got some tools for my dad. But okay. N- nothing else besides that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So project car updates. Uh, I put that clock down on the nine on the nine forty four bumper. Jeez. Yeah, it's getting there. Just spent my hours. There you go. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. You got to put in your allotted yep. forty hours a week. Put in my hours. <laughs> Found some other, found some really interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at where I would mount oh, the, shit. how I would mount the turn signals. They have two little posts that I can mount to. I'll basically have to drill holes and then I can put a, um, a screw with a, a nut behind it, a bolt with a nut. 
And then uh, the inside on the or the outside of the bumper, there's no mounting point whatsoever. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to do that. And then the fog light or the, sorry, the driving light hole where I had the blanking plates on the last bumper, it's it has three mounting points on the passenger side. It's missing the third mounting point on the driver's side. So it just doesn't even have a tab to mount Jesus. to. And that's the side where there's it's just a solo mounting tab. So it doesn't even have a place to mount it. Um, so I have to make a mounting tab. This is on the light or on the on bumper? the actual bumper itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's awesome, dude. I don't know how they forgot a mounting tab. Like it's part of a mold, right? Uh, no, they just didn't think you needed it. it I mean, let's let's uh, lights. What's up? Is it because race cars don't have those corner lights, and so they didn't? No, this isn't even the corner lights. This is for the. I mean, you would still have like a. They still had they they always had the lights, or they had blanking panels, or at least uh, or or air ducts, you know, um, brake ducts or something. And there's no absolutely nothing to put there. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah. What the hell are they charging for, dude? What is what? What do these five hundred and seventy-five dollars go to? Like, <laughs> dude, nothing. Yeah. So bad. I mean, not only did they not drill the holes, they don't even have a place to put a hole. So, and like, you know, let's like even drilling a hole would be like not what you should do. You should put like a thread insert, a threaded insert in there and stuff. And then, you know, God damn. I mean, doing it all over again, would you, would you, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> That's your, always your answer. I, I mean, know, whatever, what am I whatever. supposed to say, dude? Like, you could say like, shit, this is a major pain in the ass and I would never have done this. Right. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> That's I, a fair I don't answer. know. I don't know what I would do. I, I would probably do it again. Okay. You Why like not? it. Why You're not? Glutton for punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta do your time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian? I don't have much. Um, okay. Lane, I... Oh, Elaine. Uh, I just had a quick question for Lane. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, noticed, I noticed the question. Shit. Wait, 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 wait! Start <laughs> over, start over, start over. Uh, start over, dude. Your your connection got a little Cuba there. Oh, damn it, Cuba! Um, so no, I just wanted to know like what your end game was for the color of the bumper because I know that you know, red. It's currently gray. You red. have an orange bumper. Can it go red? Red. Red. Yes, sir. Red. Gotcha. Okay. That was just a funny exchange. <laughs> um, C4 Corvette project updates. Uh, not many, uh, but I did go down to Monterey and pick up the free tires from Kurt K photo. Thank you, Kurt. Um, uh, we did a little trip down to Big Sur and just swung by his place and grabbed them. And then, uh, so that was yesterday. Today, I went to go have them installed. Let me tell you this. The quote I got to uh, take old tires off, mount new tires on, <coughs> and balance and everything, $170 from one shop. Where'd you go? One shop. And Skips. So then I called Big O, $140. It's better. Yeah. How about Firestone? I didn't call Firestone. How about... um? The place down by River Wheelworks. By Wheelworks, they're cheap. Uh, well, anyways, so what'd you do? I I told them that 
140 and they agreed and they did that. Oh. It still seems like a lot of money. It does actually. Right? I yeah. feel like it's been creeping up ever since Tire Rack started putting a dent in tire business. Yeah, uh, for sure. I feel they're like they've been like money. creeping these other costs, you know, like if you're not buying a tire from them, you know, they they have to uh get money elsewhere. Especially okay. like a corporation like Big O. But they so they they t- they put a charge in there. I was like, dude, that's a lot of money. Like how does that break down? Like what does that look like? And so per tire it's $16 to mountain balance. <laughs> okay. It's another $14 to dismount the tire. Which doesn't seem right. No. No. And that is such a fast I would process. think that like mounting and balancing includes taking off yes. the old tires. Yes. Yeah. That fourteen dollars is b- BS. In yeah, my opinion. yeah, that's their yeah because freebie. every time you take a wheel, a, you know, you're always gonna dismount a tire. You're always gonna dismount. When are you never? Yeah. When are you ever gonna when not only dismount when you have a tire? Brand new wheels and tires. Yeah. Point zero 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 one percent of the time. <laughs> well, if you get new wheels, and then there's uh, and, five dollars disposable disposal per tire. Right? Which that's always yeah. Oh, you know, I've, I've been getting charged for that one for a long time, and I understand that one. Yeah. Um. And I even brought the wheels in without a car. Well, hold on. Like the weird thing about it is that they still charge you that disposal fee even if you keep your tires. Like I've I've gotten tires removed uh. that are in good condition and I keep them and they still charge you that. Well, you should well, tell, you should you tell, tell them. You, you should bring that up. They probably just the guy writing it up probably just doesn't built know. In, yeah. 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 And so I was no, like, I've, I've always done it and they refuse refund me. Huh. Well, so I was like, dude, like, is there anything you can do to? cut this out you know like i'm just handing the wheels off to you maybe that's easier i don't know but that just seems like a big price he's like oh yeah i'll take off the nitrogen charge so nitrogen. they charge four dollars per tire to fill the nitrogen just real air regular <laughs> yeah, air dude I mean, like regular air is fine man and so he removed that four dollar charge per tire and it's like four dollars per tire yeah 3.99 that's absurd right so really, I mean, we have a friend, uh, Stephen Goldeen. He runs a tire shop, but it's like in Santa Clara. So, I mean, it's almost worth it <laughs> to right, drive out right. there, but not really. And so i i had it i, I had it done for one forty. Um, so here's the thing. So I'm like, <clears throat> I'm setting it all up, and this is before I even know the price. I'm like telling him like, this is a weird tire. It's a directional tire that you're going to be putting on. So please make sure that you're getting that right. But there's one more hitch. It's directional wheels too. So you have to make sure both are all lined up and everything's good. And they're basically like laughing at me. Like, like, you know, if the guys can't get that right, like they probably need to find a new job. I fucking <laughs> leave. I make a big stink about it. I'm like, you know, like if you have like a grease pen, right. Do it on the wheels. Like whatever. The inside I'll, of the wheel or I'll wash it out. Yeah, I'll wash yeah. it off after. Um, just, you know, this is a little confusing. I just kept saying that I come back and I look at the first tire and it's wrong. It's mounted wrong. And I was like, dude, you guys, you guys mounted them wrong. You have to redo them. <laughs> oh then, my God. And that was to one dude. And he, he didn't even, he was just rolling the tires over to me. Uh, he did not mount them. He's like, yeah, I didn't mount these. Uh, and I was like, you know, it's not a big deal. I was kind of expecting this. <laughs> yeah. I can totally wait. Uh, I can just pick him up tomorrow or whatever. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, the guy, you know, the, the guy who did mount him, I didn't mount him. The guy who did, he just knew oh, I'm going to have him fix this. And then one of the other dudes who was like there, the guy who was basically laughing that yeah. it was a ridiculous thing that I would bring this up. Uh, he came up and he's like, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, oh, it's it's mounted that way. Oh, that's weird. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's why I was telling you. Like, you have to read it and you have to understand what's going on here. Right. It's not this, that hard. Yeah. On the back, it says right side only. So this is forward. Here's how it goes. So, anyways, I I wasn't even mad because I was totally expecting it. But, yeah. Uh, I was a little disappointed that they couldn't get wow. it. Wow. Not surprised. That's pathetic. And it's like, and they were happy to redo it. Uh, well, but it's like, dude, I'm paying 140 bucks for this shit, and you can't get uh, like I was making it. It was it's in that little quote. So, anyways, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> project down date is I was messing around with other stuff on the car, and I wanted to pop the hood. Um, and my little hood cable uh is stretched or whatever, and I couldn't pop the hood open. Um, so I had to like actually get in there with pliers and pull it. Uh, and so I'm looking at it and it's kind of like, you know, everything's kind of bent or the, the, the cable itself is kind of bent a little bit and it looks like it's just kind of old and may have stretched. Um, so I was, uh, immediately thinking like rip all this shit out and just put freaking leather straps on or something. You know, I'm just kidding. No, you're Uh, you're really not. If if you had an easy way to do that, you would definitely do it. Yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) But uh, it turns out that's one of the spare parts I have that I got from the uh, trade with Alloy Motors. Uh, He actually had a spare cable, which I kind of remember. So I found that. And um, so I'll get to replace that and just put, you know, the new one in. Oh, but, dude, the thing that freaking sucks with a little clip, which I do not have, there's a clip for holding on the and so you guys are familiar with the way these cables are built with the little, like, knurl on the end yeah. uh, that slips yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like throttle linkage on dirt bikes and stuff. Uh, so uh, that little knurl sticks through uh, kind of a cheesy little clip uh, on the body under where the hood mm-hmm. latches. Um, and so I'm trying to get the cable out so I can do the replacement. And the little freaking clip breaks. Oh, uh. And it's a really weird, like, triangular, like, weird clip that, uh, you know, I've never seen before. <laughs> and, like, without the little piece that fell off, it's, like, yeah. possible that it would fall out. It won't stay in. Like, yeah. it won't stay in. Yeah. Like, it may stay in. No, but you should but definitely it, get that. Or you Dude, it's one of those things where right? you have to dis- disassemble, like, a ton of shit if that oh, does really? not work. Like, it was lucky that the way that it had been malfunctioning before like i was able to just get pliers and pull it harder and it worked um uh you know uh basically short circuiting the lever uh, you know getting it before that but if the if it's broken on the side where it actually like attaches to the the hinge thing uh like you be- <laughs> it would be a major pain to, to disassemble it i mean the uh, what's the couple that they're, uh, on the Coastal Range Rally 1? Eric they, and Jennifer. Eric right? and yep. Jennifer, yeah. They had a weird little deal, and that was, like, major surgery to get in, right? Yeah, like, they happened to find a piece of bailing wire on the yeah, side of the road. Dude, that was, yeah. Corvette life. It's all about <laughs> that bailing wire. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys remember, but I was all, like, a little worried about the clamshell hood on the yeah, Corvette. Yeah. Like, after I test drove that first one and before I bought mine. Um, and so the thought crosses my mind, like as I'm messing with this weird little clip and it breaks, I'm like, God damn it. 
This hood is coming to bite me. Yeah, those are pain in the ass. I mean, just hood. I'm talking about hood uh, yeah, cables. In right. General. They're always they're always bad. It gets to a point where you're gonna have to replace it, and yeah. So weird. They're used so seldom. Well, that 300 CE that I'm, I have right now, the trunk was locked uh, closed. It wouldn't do anything, so that was broken. <laughs> and they were saying that in some cases you have to basically cut a hole in the trunk oh, to and get replace in. the trunk lid. Yeah, or fix it, or you break the tail light and you break through that way that happened and, with our e e55 oh okay and then even once you get through the taillight and you can get the taillight out to it, you're it still out. doing some yeah. like magic trick in there to try to get it open yep um we did eventually get the trunk open and then i replaced the latch but it took that was even a pain in the ass with it open you know like jeez pain in the butt so yeah i can see where you're like too many moving pieces kind of and i i have to give props to jeff at alloy motors because uh that's an awesome spare part to have yeah yeah that is like to have the foresight to be like this is something you don't want to have fail like this is worth replacing and so that was just like in the kit that i got right right i like that um yeah you never know right I, I feel like there's a couple other things um i i did buy the the lucas oil additive um but I haven't put it in, and part of that is uh, I kind of wanted to do a test where I pick a road where I can get it to heat up and uh, run it, see what the temperature's at, then add the oil, see what it's at, doing the same exact same exact run, and then change the oil to a different weight uh, and then do it again and see if that actually makes a difference. Because it's super hard to tell, right? Like, I, I'm concerned about the, my oil temperatures. Um, but, you know, if, if it, like, it, it's hard to get a control and, like, understand, like, if I am actually making changes until I actually get to Tepescat Road and I'm getting, understanding with if I'm at 277 or not, you know? What do you, did, did they recommend using, like, a high zinc oil in those cars or? You did. I mean, oh, you mean the factory recommendation? No, I mean like guys on the forums and stuff like that. Um, no one mentioned the zinc thing. Hmm. Other question is: Did the does the Lucas additive help with oil temperature? I thought it was more of a like leaking. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think <clears throat> it, it it the Lucas was uh gonna uh decrease the startup noise with the lifters. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll That's why that I was doing stuff. it, but. I guess the reason why I'm uh, bringing into the picture because of the oil temperatures is I think I read something about that, like the additive will help. I, I, maybe I'm totally just mixing two different things, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it'll hurt with them. Well, doesn't it also increase the capacity? Like, it's thicker, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely thicker. Um, the Lucas stuff, it's, yeah, syrupy. Right, that's the whole thing. But And so, wait, yeah, sure. what is it again? Do I want thicker oil or thinner oil thicker for cooling? Oil. Thicker, yeah, because it wouldn't heat up as quickly yeah mm -hmm. that makes sense so yeah so that's it then that that would in effect you know give me a little bit thicker oil right. and i can see if there's a difference okay um, and, and with our temperatures you know out here you, you can, can do run with a thicker oil right yeah. right um and so at doing any of those test drives uh has been waiting on tires i just i didn't want to keep pushing my luck on those super old ones so yeah, so you got them mounted can, today, or I'll get them mounted tomorrow, and then yeah, I, I'm going to be out of town. So Friday, or uh, Friday, I, I'll, I'll pick them up, and yeah. I can throw those on. But I think I have it up on jack stands now. I'm probably going to just spend some more time getting other stuff dialed, and and then uh, so we'll see. I don't know, maybe Monday or Tuesday or something. 
Nice. Oh, I do have one more update. Um, when I was doing my bumper, my dad came over and he helped me, or he uh, relocated my inner, my external oil cooler. He relocated so, it. Yeah, well, he kind of he just moved, he he basically it was like right at the bottom of my air dam, just kind of sketch. Oh yeah, on the right on the passenger side. Um, so moved it up around about five inches. Oh, nice. Made some brackets and. So is it going to be using that giant hole? It in the uses center? the hole on the on the side. Oh. So it uses that bottom hole, and it's like right in front of the very right side of the bottom the bottom mouth part. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. So that'll be nice. Um, I don't have too much, but I do have uh, like a new car thing that uh, so. BRZO searches, I've been uh, focusing on a few, like, vintage cars and some new stuff, like, as a replacement for, you know, project cars. But one of them has been a uh, W126 S-Class 300 SE. So that's straight six, short wheelbase. Um, And they're pretty plentiful, but prices are, they vary greatly. Wait, what are you talking about? I thought you were saying new cars, but... I've been looking at new cars and very old, old cars. Car. Okay. 1990. Okay. Yeah, 1990. So, specifically 300 SE, um, that's kind of what I've been looking for, and mileages are all over the place, and conditions That's a 126? 126, okay. yeah. And so, at the shop, um, we get a customer who... Um, has taken his car, it's his mom's car, um, older lady, grandma, and she uh, has this weird intermittent problem where driving it along after a few miles, it stumbles and stalls, won't restart for about 20 minutes, and then it'll start. Had everything done, two different shops have looked at it, but the car is a 1990 300 SE, and it's gray on tan, total grandma car basically like you know brand new michelins on it everything has a mercedes emblem as far as parts go it's been like well maintained it would clean up really really well and so as the guy drops it off he says i don't even know if we're gonna keep it like i wonder what it's worth or maybe someone will want it for parts and my my uh (laughs) my radar starts beeping ding 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 yeah i was like well parts car huh um so it's not perfect it's got you know needs bumpers to be repainted a lot of parking lot kind of you know bumps um little paint stuff here and there but i think it would clean up really nice Eighty-eight thousand original miles wow um, that's super low yeah and uh the only problem is kind of a big problem is this weird intermittent stalling thing which two shops haven't been able like to vapor log or something nah, i don't know it's almost like a fuel pump thing but the fuel pump's been replaced of course fuel pump relay has been replaced there and then i go on like we have a a network of other mechanics that write, you know, fixes for cars. It's called direct fix, direct hit. And, uh, dude, there's like 20 different possibilities, you know, everything from spark plugs to throttle body to everything in between. And, uh, so that's a little weird. Um, and then I drove it today and then I let it run in the shop for a while to see if it would stall. It never has. And I'd let it run for maybe like half an hour idling, just sitting there. And I came back out and it was like almost like hot. It was basically running hot. So I had to turn it off. So, you know, thermostat, water pump, I don't know. Who knows, right? Just another thing. So I called them before that happened, before the overheating thing. And I called them and I said, you know, you mentioned that you were thinking of selling it. What are your thoughts on that? And, you know, what do you want to do? 
I was like, I don't know. We saw some online that, you know, and of course these, you're, these people look at $9,000. Yeah, right. They saw one yeah. on eBay sold for 10 grand and now they think their cars are 10 grand. And, um, and he's like, so I don't know what it's worth. And, and I was like, well, you know, I'd be interested, you know, at a, a certain price, but I don't want to offend you. I don't know if you're attached to oh, it. Oh, wow. You jumped right in. Yeah. And I was, and I'm like, with the problem that it has, you know, I'm not sure what it's going to take to fix. And there's a few other issues that, and there are, you know, power steering lines leaking. And this is before the overheating thing. And, um, I was like, I'd probably be like around a thousand bucks. Like that's where I'd be comfortable taking it on as a project and, you know, messing with it. But I like the car. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you think it's worth if it's fixed up? I'm like, ah. And the truth is the V8 long wheelbase cars are worth more money. That's what people want because they were the badass choice back in the day. Like, you know, six cylinders aren't worth as much money, but I like them personally. They're just really simple. I mean, it's a $2,500 car. Yeah, but 88,000 miles in this condition, if it was cleaned up, it might do closer to five, you know, something like that. Anyways, I'm not really trying to flip it. I would use it, you know, drive it. So... He said he was going to think about it and talk to his brother, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I drove it a little bit more and had this overheating thing kind of happen and, you know, looking at it more and stuff. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> just back to that fucking same thing I was with that Volvo where I'm like, even at a thousand bucks, it's like the I mean, potential for the work that you're going to, have to do to that thing. I would definitely put like another thousand into it for sure. I mean, just with probably a little paint work, um, you know, fixing it up and stuff, it, it would be i'd be back to a thousand bucks and then i'd still have a 27 year old car that is a project car really i mean no matter how it's been taken care of it's so the cycles of maintenance are coming back around and yeah you never know what's coming but um so it's funny i, I almost talked myself out of it so when i called him back and i told him about the overheating thing and i asked him if it's ever done that to you have any issues with that? No. And he's like, oh man, are you even still interested in it? I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, let me know what you're thinking. You know, maybe it's less now. I mean, yeah, for 500 bucks, I couldn't, you, you can't pass that up. But, um, you know, the throttle bodies are expensive. They're like that plunger style. It's got that spring loaded thing. Um, and they're like 600 bucks when they were available. I'd probably have to find one on eBay. And the relays are expensive, a couple hundred bucks for, for the real fuel pump relay. Um, you know, all those things start to play into it and I still don't know what's wrong with it. And then it may need a water pump, may need a thermostat. I could be back into it for thousand dollars. And I also have an E30 that needs work, you know, yeah. like, really. Um, but any car you buy is going to need work. Right. I mean, even if you find another one, yeah, that's what I was either. just going to say. Like, you pay 3500 bucks for one oh. that seems fine. You're still, like, right on the brink of all of these exact same charges. With this one, at least you're starting At lower. least you would know all that stuff was fixed. Right. You're right. Or, you have the chance to be the guy that fixes it. Exactly. And yeah. I'm starting off way lower, yeah. know, closer to 1000 bucks. And then, the, But then I go back to the W211, so that's 2005-ish E-Class. And that's a $5,000 car. Way nicer, like in every way, right? It's safer, it's more comfortable, all that stuff. But Not quite the build quality. No, it's different. But those cars need things too. Yeah. And that right. shit adds up pretty quick. I you know? told you about the trunk being closed on, on the one we have. Yeah, yeah. Air ride takes a shit or, um, 
you know, needs a balance shaft or something like that. Those repairs are crazy. And that uh, would be a super big bummer to have that where you pay five grand on a car. You're like, Oh, this is great. And then the seat breaks and it needs, uh, you know, um, an intake manifold and all this stuff that fails on those cars. So you're right back to where you yeah. are even worse. Right. Yeah. Dude. So tell me again about your ideal car quiver here. I'd like to replace the mighty max with a car that is capable of hauling shit around and putting okay. a child in. So wait, so right now you have the Mighty Max and the E30. Yes. And the Vanagon. Oh, I guess the Vanagon too. And my wife's yeah. car, yeah. Um, And so keep the E30. Yeah. Only replacement is get rid of the Mighty Max. Or even, I don't even know if I need to get rid of it, but I just need something else. I could keep the Mighty Max somewhere, somehow. He wants just, that. He wants that car to drive to work, pick up Andrew from daycare, Go over or, the hill. You know, and, go over the hill, kind of like yeah. cruise and automatic, yeah. preferably. I'm it, yeah, it doesn't need to be a manual. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, dude. I mean, you need, it's your two car solution. Right now, you have two project cars. Yes. You need your, to make the two car solution work, you need your reliable car. Yeah. And I don't, I think I fool myself. Well, especially when a car comes to me, like it's yeah. dropped off at my doorstep, like uh, a 1990 Mercedes that I really like. Right. But, I know that I'm going to be doing as much work to that as my E30. Yeah, you need to. You need one that's going to take take itself off the table of repair yeah, I think, cycles. But I think maybe if that one's too hard to pass up, I would take it. You know, if the price is really right and it's like just uh, maybe just for the time being, or maybe through you know until the summer or something. But uh, yeah, otherwise, I, I think it's smart to look at something more more modern. But what is that? What really is that? You know, all cars need work. Dude, I mean, look at your they're Acura. Gonna need, they're going to need... It's going to have the same problem, dude. I, I know. That's the thing. Like, I bought the Acura as the safe decision, as, like, the smart, like, okay, I'm not a car guy. I'm looking... I'm going in this as, like... I need a, I need transportation. I'm getting the most car guy choice of that, but I'm going to go Honda. I want transportation. I want reliability. You know, and really, it was, like... if You know, and I was thinking about that, like, if I would have bought say a 530i and E39, like a late model E39, if it would have had the same problems, I'd be like, fucking BMW. Yeah. But because it's a hunt, you know, you're like, at least I learned that lesson, right? Sure. Um, well, so what did actually, what is the recap on that again? Because what what went wrong? I, was it just everything? the alternator? No. Well, the main thing that went wrong is the belt came off the water pump. Yeah. And then you drove it. it didn't give me a temperature read, reading. Yeah, so then you... It always was... Uh, straight, uh, dead center. Uh, yeah. but, but besides that I had, so that was bef before that I had an alternator go out. Um, so, and then I had, I had a couple other things go. I mean, I had, a, oh, I had both the front ball joints needed to be replaced. Like the suspension, some other suspension bushings, like it had all this shit, dude. It was only a hundred thousand mile car. So like you were the guy doing all that shit. Yeah. It just, I don't feel like it was a very robust car. Right. I think you're probably right there. I feel like we should pause for art to make a comment about Warren's situation. Art, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, that was what I was going to say, actually. Ironically, you said uh, E39, 530i. Like, I think a, a E39 wagon is a good choice here for you. Um, you know, you you know the car as well. You have access to all the tools that are required to repair anything that goes wrong. Not much goes wrong with them. It's the standard BMW shit. You know, it's the cooling system, which you can do if, or you get a car that's already been sorted. And 
Um, a wagon's going to have the room that you need. Uh, they're fun to drive. Uh, you can't get a manual in a wagon, but it sounds like it isn't a requisite. So, like, I don't know. I think that's a good choice. The um, honest, uh, you know, if you like the out. E6 uh, design, that's an option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lane said that the automatics go out, which is absolutely true at like a hundred thousand miles. Um, so the deal with that is the the W two eleven wagons are maybe even better, better trannies for sure, better transmissions. And my shop is more set up for Mercedes. Like my boss is a master tech and yeah. knows those cars like the back of his hand. Has owned a bunch of them. Um, whereas the BMWs, they're a little trickier which i didn't realize that until working with more mercedes like they're actually mercedes are actually pretty straightforward but parts can be expensive so um it's kind of you know there's no perfect answer we like we talked so, about well what's the newest mercedes that you that is in the affordable range that for you w211 so 2005 2006 ish uh 04 yeah so the round the you know double round headlight wagon and they're nice i found one in sacramento for five grand and it was an honest nice car with all the good options but they're also kind of like scary options you know the dynamic seats and air ride and all that stuff how about a w210 they seem a little more robust I mean, if a good e55 came through i'd consider it but other than that they're pretty boring i mean just more boring i'd rather have an older because that's yeah, still pretty yeah. old, you know? Yeah, so you'd rather go the generation before that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather go some little more character. Tell me 211s don't do it for me. I don't know. They don't I, really I, I can't even either. picture them. They're so boring. Like You you know, it's like the E55 that they had. Yeah, okay. I agree. Super yeah. grandma status. I mean, you go S-Class, right? Grandma status. S-Class is like another whole other angle. Right. That's the angle that I'm Dude, talking what about. what about, uh, what is it, the Subaru, what is it, the WRX Subaru wagon thing? Is that a 9VX or... Are you talking about the Saab? Sabaru? Oh. Sabaru. Yeah, 9-2-X? Sabaru, dude. Mm. Sabaru. That's a weird choice. Yeah, uh, that's weird. That's so not Warren. It's pretty small, first of all, and uh, some weird uh, parts problems with those. Like It's uh, just a little hatchback, too. It's the less yeah, why would you even do a Saab yeah. in that case? Uh, let me ask this. Oh, wait, wait. It looks cool. Let me say this. The other choice is an LS430. <laughs> yes. So LS430 is in that same price so like range. like a late model. Yeah, so 2003 or four with the first of the 430, not the 400. Okay. Dude, I've seen some of those around yeah. Los Gatos in cherry condition with these old people driving them, and they look good. They're pretty nice, but, uh, you know, then I'm yeah. <laughs> then I'm looking at my wife drives a Lexus. I drive a Lexus. Lane, Lane looks like he just ate a lemon. His face just puckered up. Um, that's put a one bow thing. on it every Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing that I how have rad would, would that be <laughs> yeah i know that's the one thing i have a problem with is the lexus household thing going on and here we are on a driving whatever. awesome podcast <laughs> or it says whatever yeah um, i mean I, but the price I, is amazing I think that's a kind of a dwa type of car i mean a hundred thousand miles um on a pretty nice car all the there's a bunch of different packages you can get but you know the good seats good radio all that stuff it's like four grand that's that's not bad so that's V8, uh, S-Class. Can you guys work on those? Yeah, but we just don't have any, like, real specialist tools for them. Or, mm -hmm. like, I have a bunch of parts for a 211 at the shop and um, things like that. It's almost more interesting than a 211 to me. For, I don't know why. Than a 211 wagon? You think yeah, so? A 211 is just, this car is just, they, they feel a little chintzy. 
It's a lot of car for the money, though. It is. I mean, four grand for a car that yeah. was 50, yeah. 60. But... And the wagon would be cool. Yeah. I, think... I like the design of the wagon. Yeah. Yeah, wagons are cool. So uh, tell me this. You have the Lexus for your wife. Yeah. But she doesn't actually commute. Yes. She she just goes to the no, bus no, stop. She, she's been driving every day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so is there, I mean, usually you look at it as like the whole picture thing, right? Like, how is she doing with that? And does she need to upgrade? Like, is there something where you would take her Lexus and then get her something new? That's possible. Because, I mean, that, that's that a, would fit what you need if it's yeah. just basic shit that you need, you know? Yeah, that's that is possible. Um, I'm just wondering then, how, yeah, how where are you there? Like, I would hate for you to like do make a whole decision, and then she has to upgrade too, and then it's yeah. like you could have like. Worked but mine would out. be a shorter term thing. It wouldn't be like the end all. You know, I I could have it for a year or something, but until something else comes along. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, but then I'm, I'm driving an RX three thirty. Mm. That doesn't do it. I'd much rather drive a two eleven. Yeah, than that or yeah. an LS. You know, if it came down to it. Um, so yeah, so that's, it's, it's, it's the question we'd struggle with all it's the time. It's the hardest market to buy a car in for like that reliable, dude, I, like, I but you want something. And I'd even, I would go spend more, but dude, go ask W220 S class. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, like a lot for your I money mean, you and it's going to be maybe ran. Say that again, Art. Do you need rear wheel drive? No, not necessarily, but Cause like, I don't know. What about a TL type S? You can go six speed. Yeah, but that kind of comes down to the whole like Lexus, like Acura and the, uh... I'd rather go like more baller and go LS. Yeah. Right. I, I would too. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at too. Because you're just, you want a car just cruiser. Yeah. But then the Lexus family thing kind of bugs. So tell me why you're against the S class. They're more complicated than the E class. Then that that V eight isn't as long lasting. I don't think it's not as long lasting. Yeah, than those six cylinders. I think it can be, but it's really really expensive. Yeah, dude, I thought they were like. I mean, from the stuff I've read, I listened to Tom, and Tom's not probably the best person <laughs> yeah, to listen no. to. He's uh, like, uh, yeah, he's selling the Kool Aid basically, right? But uh, you know, I don't know. It just it it seems crazy to me that uh, a car that it's, expensive, the motor would not be good. I'll say know? this: like for you, that, get an S six hundred, even that's like yeah. like kind of more special. I, I like where your head's at, but even for that price range, you're getting a pretty shitty S class. For the same price range, you get a decent E class. That's where, yeah, but you live in S class life. I know, but I, feel, I, I, I just want to see you in an S class. I'm talking about getting a 1990 S class, 300 SE. That's what I'm saying. That so you talked yourself out of. <laughs> I kind of did. <laughs> I know, I kind of did. But uh, I mean, the thing is, the 211. Is, I mean, Lexus family, whatever. But like the 211 is. I'm kind of with Lane here. It's just kind of like a black car. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the wagon is cool, but like, I mean. The Lexus thing, it's it's a tool for a very specific job. I mean, it's a nice car. Like you have your E thirty as your rad EWA like driver's machine, like and you have the Mighty Max potentially still for and he whatever has the that van again. Is <laughs> yeah. Um, but Yeah, we'll see. Again. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean the the S class is 
it's nice because I don't have to, the same thing that happened with the Volvo. I don't have to buy a car. It's not like pressing, but there's been several times recently where I'm like, God damn it. I wish I just had that car. Yeah. And I would almost say like, uh, like it sucks that the seven series, the trannies are such trash in them. Cause that would be an awesome car too. Right. And I look at those 740i sports. Yeah. 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 They're such good looking car and stately and everything, but the trannies are just crap. And so, the timing chains have issues. Yeah. There's Vanos stuff going on with them. Um, and that's then same with the, I mean, a 528, you know, a 528 or 530 with a six speed. Yeah. But then you, you know, I don't know if you're against a manual. No, no, no. I'm open to that. That's somewhere, but that's I, a little more money. I think it is. Get, I, mean, I think you're into like six grand and, uh, then you're still back to having a car that, you know, may need coils and plugs you'd and You'd want to do all the stuff like right off the bat, yeah. just have it fully gone through and do the, do the cooling system. I know. The Mercedes seem to have less things. Yeah. That like of the, you know, less of the Specifically big problems. Specifically the cool, cooling system, which well, is a yeah, huge in, deal. In right? transmissions really. Yeah. Like, the Mercedes transmissions right. just kind of, they they're, seem to go forever. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. And the the BMW transmissions have a short shelf life. Yeah, 100,000 miles or so. And that's like, I mean, I've seen them go, go out as low as like 80 or 70. You know? Yeah. And even with the deal, you're paying, you're going to be into that for a used transmission, 1500 bucks. And then you're, you have a used transmission. Yeah. And then you, then you just spent the same as car B or, right. Yeah. You know, it's the thing we struggle with all the time is like a reliable car that is also sort of DWA and, and in budget. Dude, it's, and then you get into the whole like brand new car, you know, you don't drive a lot. You could lease a brand new car for pretty cheap. Just yeah. some basic appliance kind sure. of. Sure. Like, pretty nice car, you know? Yeah. With Bluetooth and everything else. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like the best safety standards like you kid and everything so. yeah there's definitely that i mean you know honda honda civic or what have you you know that angle but i don't know it just doesn't seem so like us i mean just for podcast sake here uh you know we're talking about cars and i'm looking them up as we speak a uh 2000 mercedes s500 fully loaded one owner 136,000 miles for 3300 bucks <coughs> Just seems so sketchy to me. I don't know. Air suspension. Uh, yeah. Or hydraulic, you know, suspension. Or... Yeah, air locks. Um and here's here's another one for uh with eighty thousand miles for six thousand bucks. Uh if you step down, there's one for twenty two hundred bucks that has a hundred and eighty seven thousand miles or whatever. But I mean basically like you're not gonna put a lot of miles on a car. You could buy a hundred and thirty six thousand mile car, drive it for two years probably. And be totally fine. Like an S five hundred fully loaded. Like back in the day, it was bank. And I mean, those cars you can find them on here with two hundred and fifty thousand plus miles. <laughs> I know. The, you know, if I scroll down to the mo- the cheapest ones, uh, I mean, yeah, well, I there's you. ones in accidents, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say if you're gonna take that risk of any of those old Mercedes, like might as well go S class. Like you, you to... live in the best, you, you work in the best spot for that. But the one thing you're not seeing with those cars too, is how many of those cars have full blown out suspension, oil you leaks, know, oil galore. leaks everywhere. Like, how... well, I mean, you don't need to buy all of them. You just find the right one. No, like, they're I'm just saying, not worth very much money. But and I'm you saying, can inspect them, right? Most yeah, yeah. of the cars that are under a certain price are going to have like a lot of issues. Basically. I think I'd rather, I don't Lexus. know, dude. I'd rather the LS. The LS is a pretty dope. Yeah. 
there's some good ones on there on, on BRZO. But I mean, I, I'm just thinking if you're going to go Mercedes, well, so you're saying that the, so the E class is coil sprung. It can be. Yeah. A lot of them are air red. Most sure. of the sixes are coil sprung. No, it, it just varies on package. I know yeah. you can even get an S350 on coils, but it's pretty rare. Yeah. I found one, but really rare. Right. Um, but I mean, I don't know, dude, but even the air ride stuff can be overblown. I think too. It's super expensive. Yeah. But I'm, super I just mean expensive. like it's not guaranteed that 120,000 miles you're going to have to replace the air ride. No, it probably goes out at like 60,000 miles or something. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like you guys um, are well, I mean, we replaced, a picture. We replaced it on, ours, on the, our shop car. Yeah. Um, so about one with 70,000 miles like, and you're good for fucking 10 years. Think it was like, no, and the, it, it was like... Down. It's crazy expensive too, like thousand bucks a corner or more than that. I don't even. Yeah, fifteen hundred a corner maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It was a lot of money. Yeah, um, sounds... everything on that car is crazy pricey. Yeah, like and my it... cost on a on an air spring is three hundred fifty bucks, and that's for an off brand. And then, you know, it's kind of a pain. That's not that it. bad. Well, it's my cost. I'm just saying. I know. If I'm you're... talking about a person. I'm, yeah, yeah. I can specifically recommend this sort of approach for you because, yeah. like, I, I I look at it myself because I'm the type of guy that would kind of be interested in an s-class lifestyle and not worried too much if you know it would be interesting to see what happened can you imagine you may have to pay (laughs) yeah pieces of wood and oh oh, well that reminds me so there's that instagram uh, guy i would follow that i mentioned like many many podcasts ago that rails like these little cheap ass korean cars and also uh uh, an s-class he's got like a big old bull basher on the front and he just like it's he's actually got a lot of skill. He's a super good driver, and he's just like off in the Russian back roads, like bombing, <laughs> and it's just like a tank, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, so that sort of stuff is like data inputs for me. Yeah, but you know, you're you know, so I I would be willing to you know I'm like almost there to trying this. Like you know, when I was looking at the e golf, like I was directly comparing it with this risky move, right? Um, uh, and I I would be able to maybe do it by just saying whatever. Let's see what happens. You know, if I end up having to replace uh, a couple air things, like let's factor that into the cost now. And it's like, okay, well, as long as I'm not completely losing my shirt, uh, okay, I decided against it eventually. But you're in a different position. You work at the Mercedes dealer. You get these great prices, and you have the people around you with the know-how. So we're not talking about other people. We're talking specifically about your case. So that's another factor is this old S-Class in 1990. The guys at the shop do not like them. Because they're Dude, so that's hard a to work huge, on. That's a huge right there. I know. You do not want that car then. <laughs> I know. Don't get it. And so, like, like they're just for that reason. constantly giving me shit for liking these old cars, like that old Volvo. They couldn't understand it at all. It was like, what do you mean you want this old yeah. Volvo? Like, that sounds ridiculous. And it, in some ways, I agree with them. I'm like, yeah, it's it, there is no OBD2. Yeah. yeah. You know, things are hard to fix and diagnose and parts are harder to find and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, it would be kind of a weird choice. But then that's what we're here for. Like, that's who we are. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, you're shopping for a different car. You're not... That's you what know. I need to convince myself yeah. of. Um, yeah. I, I would just ask your work buddies, like, what do you think I should they get? They say 211 all day long. Oh, yeah. Then get an S-Class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... 211s with their two batteries and all that stuff. I know, right? And so annoying, dude. Expensive brakes. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. Uh, things can go wrong pretty quick and it gets scary well ours has the electronic brakes and stuff and that's a pain in the ass yeah but i think that's just the do you still have yours yeah that's oh. just the e55 right yeah 
I think so. so. That and then the battery. We've had so many battery issues. It's always like, oh, the motorcycle battery is out on it. Oh no, the other one. And then it's like, yeah. it, I swear, it's like the constant battery problem. Like chase, like just replacing batteries. Yeah, and there's a certain type of battery you have to buy, and they're the most expensive. And they're time. so expensive. Yeah, the AGM big ass yeah. battery. Yeah, it's like three hundred dollars. Big battery. old boat batteries. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's. And uh, then the trunk situation. Like, I feel like that car is not. It is. We have. It it has like thirty thousand miles on it in our what? in our tenure. Oh, oh. So we bought it with like fifty. So it yeah. Has whatever. So remind 80. us what it is again. Two thousand two thousand two E fifty five AMG. Yeah. Um, four hundred and eighty horsepower, whatever that thing is. Yeah. But if like in thirty thousand miles, it's like <laughs> steering rack, uh, front suspension, shocks. The, the, the fully like, and like probably like two or three of each batteries. Um, the brake, like that brake controller, controller, which is thousand crazy expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, some other stuff. And it still has a clunk in the front suspension. We can't figure out. No one can figure out. Like no one can figure it out. I'm sure we could because Sean had one. Mm -hmm. He just sold it. So the guy who bought his E55, he bought, um, you know, high performance headers yeah. and we put those on and straight exhaust. Oh, that's bad. It's super that gnarly. Sad. It is like full muscle car sound. So art, when you're ready for the sec, bring it on down, get you hooked up, buddy. Um, you can just buy headers for that thing. Yeah. That's cool. There's a few different companies. They're really nice looking, but the exhaust they built, you know, for that whole system had the slip over with the clamp style. And it sucks. It never works out great. So we ended up welding it all and, and grinding it all down. So it's all one piece. He's like, forget it. I'm about to take it all. Cut it. So it's all one piece from the headers all the way to the tailpipe. And, um, dude, it sounds insane. You'll probably see it around town. Um, he lives in Santa Cruz. So it's, uh, yeah, that transforms those cars for sure. That's cool. And I think it's a little bit of a horsepower gain. Like I think he said 20 horsepower, which I believe, I mean, no, oh, no restriction, huge. you know? The, the those mufflers and stuff are weigh a ton too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's all about the loud thing. Yeah. Nice. Just one more to to state yeah. my point clearly. Yeah. If you're gonna deal with any of this Mercedes bullshit, my opinion is you might as well just go, go. straight S class. I know, and I wish like, I could, that's where I'm coming from. I hear you, and I wish I could go CL because C I like CLs a lot. Um, that same generation. But I'm I'm looking for a kid car, you know, like it needs to have a back seat or a a door, so it doesn't help to have a coupe and like have to wrestle in and out of that scenario. I can see the S class being a step up because I think the the E class feels a little. It, dude, you're gonna get more. Feels a little cheap and a little. It'll, I don't know, dude. Yeah, something about those. Yeah, it's they seems, don't feel very luxurious. Right. To me. Yeah. Yeah. I think the V6 appeals to me, the longevity of it, mm-hmm. and um. Of, of an E-class is okay. what I'm saying. And uh, the wagon, if I could find a wagon. Yeah, I think yeah. that's I that's a pretty that. unique car. There's not a ton of them out there. Um, <laughs> I have a set of E55 wheels that I could throw at it with good tires on it already. And, you know, I don't know. Just mm-hmm. something to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys... I mean, I guess this is totally off subject. But have you guys watched the new Grand Tour? No. I saw that it's out. Oh, no. Uh, have you, Art? I didn't even watch the whole no, first season. Even. Well, I didn't watch the whole first season either because it was horrible. It was pretty bad. It was like unwatchable. I couldn't get through it. Yeah, yeah. I was trying. I try to watch it, and then I find myself like 
on my computer or walking away or, you know, like doing That's the dishes. I was, I was just like, just so bored, you know? Yeah. Um, I did, I watched the first three episodes of the new season. I think that's all they're up to right now. But, um, it's basically the old Top Gear. They like reverted back to it. Oh. Way less of the studio stuff. None of the stupid, the American, you know, they had like this, they had the driver American was like the Stig. American Stig. He was a NASCAR driver. Yeah. And he, he would always be like, oh, you, yeah. These stupid foreign cars and stuff. Yeah. It was, it was so lame. It was, it was just, so lame. Everything was like this bad shtick and, and the the um the segments in the studio were were they seemed like they were three times as long as ever um so now they do the um the 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 timed lap for like the celebrities in a car they've been doing battles so it's like two like a um rugby player uh, and a soccer uh, you know something else and they're battling like America versus Europe or something that's cool um they did like Brian Wilson from the Giants oh he was one of the guys. Whoa, that's pretty funny. But and they have a Jaguar um, F type that they do, and there's a dirt oh, nice. section on the track. In so the F type, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of cool. I mean, right. it, it's definitely a big step up from what they did last year. It's nothing like. There's nothing groundbreaking about it. It's just straight up those three guys kind of back to what they did best, and it's pretty refreshing. Um, you know, they're a little older and maybe not quite as good as they once were, but um, yeah. It definitely, and and I think it's even harder to come back after last season. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's watchable now. My review. Watchable. Yeah. Cool. It's somewhat entertaining, you know? Art, do you have anything else uh, you want to add before we go into a little uh, trivia? Nah, I think it's trivia time. Okay. Yeah, it's probably late for you, huh? <laughs> what time is it? I don't think it's uh, getting getting on there. Uh, it's almost 1 a.m. Oh, shit. Okay. Let's Go to bed, Art. Trivia time. <coughs> so, in this book, BMW Alpina Performance Portfolio by Brooklyn's Books, they have a an interesting test. It is the BMW B12, so that is the 80s early 90s 7 series with V12 Alpina versus the AMG Hammer. Oh. So that's like the 89 like that's the one that looks like an E34 kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um so second gen 7 series. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool car. Yeah, V12, it's an automatic, but so is the Hammer. Um the hammer was the that they tested is a is a coupe. It's black, of course. Six liter. Uh, six liter. Um, three hundred eighty five horsepower. It's fucking pretty rad. True or false? They offered the hammer in a sedan. That's true. One twenty four. The hammer. Yeah. True. Art says true. True. That is true. True or false? They offered the hammer in a wagon. False. No, I'm going to say true because you're asking. True. That is true. There is a fucking AMG Hammer Wagon. The Hammer Wagon sounds there awesome. There was one on CAT a while back. Was it a replica or like a, a build, you know, made to be one? Or was it an actual Hammer AMG? I'm not sure, but I, I definitely saw one for sale. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember reading the details, but uh, that's, that's why I guess true. Dude, that is... <laughs> 
Really killer. Six liter V8, 124 wagon with all those AMG bits and stuff. The funny thing about this, they say um, they're talking about <clears throat> the the transmissions. And it says, talking about both of them, few drivers can shift a manual as capably. <laughs> this is like yeah. 1990 wow. uh, transmission, right? So they've been bitching about this shit since <laughs> then, right? Um, yeah, the hammer is badass, and um, I would much rather have a hammer than the B12. Yeah, and also it's expensive. Uh, this was you know back in the day, but sixty-eight thousand pounds for the B12, hundred and twelve thousand for the wow. hammer. Pounds. Wow, pounds! Big difference. Back in 1990, Jeez. right? crazy and the that b6 that i like so that's um the b6 3.5 s and that's an e30 m3 with a 3.5 liter six cylinder total amg rebuild is it an m3 like yeah box body? box flares everything's exactly and the same it has body. the same that rear window and everything yeah okay. but it's got the the six cylinder of the day yeah made you know badass and uh that car was forty three thousand dollars which is only eighty three thousand today's value so comparable like to like a full-blown M3, right? Yeah, yeah and I, I don't think they made very many of them. They're essentially, hand, you know, made to order. Because a normal M3 was like thirty-two grand, something like that, right? An E30, yeah. Yeah, it didn't add much, but I mean, it's a, it's identical except for interior and motor. Huh. And they, yeah, they do a couple little things, tweak on it. But the oh, uh, cool. this magazine's really cool. And one of the articles, um, it's kind of cool looking at it now because you know. With social media, you're exposed to so many people in the business. And um, there's a cool article and photos by... Anyone want to take a guess? No one? Jeff Zwart. Yep. Jeff Zwart. And, that's oh, cool. nice. and one of the articles is by um, John Lamb. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. So, by the way, I saw Jeff Zwart at the uh, Cars and Coffee that we went to. Trankus. Trankus. Oh, yeah. Um. And we were talking about Radwood, and he's like, "Oh, I got to come out with, uh, I got to bring my posters next time." Oh my god! So he did. He did shoots where he was doing the whole like smoke and freaking lasers sort of thing. Oh, Actually, with all the neon shit. Yeah, he specifically said that he did not. He never shot with lasers, um, but he did use smoke. <laughs> so he has all these period freaking photo shoot like real posters that he did. That would be so cool to show. Yeah, the um has so many articles in there too that are um you just kind of remember the old names and stuff like yeah Phil Hill has one in there and nice um yeah so it's it's cool though really cool to see but anyone has an AMG hammer I welcome you to bring it to Radwood um whenever you're ready and can we please just meet somebody who bought an amg hammer wagon off the factory showroom oh floor? my god art i'm telling you man let's go to japan dude gotta make this happen i know we gotta we gotta amg hunters <laughs> we had a hammer sign up for the last radwood and it uh flaked on us oh a six liter that's right it couldn't make it yeah i don't know why so maybe next time. Um, oh, Art just sent over a link for the 88 AMG Hammer Wagon. Dude, that is insane. I'd still rather have a wide-body SEC any day. Just saying. Same here. Yeah. You know, but that's like my, that's my classic conundrum, dude. I, I don't like black cars because they're such a pain in the ass to keep looking nice, but I do like the way black cars look. Yeah. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, totally. And like the 560 AMG wide body looks fucking amazing in black. Like it looks menacing as hell. It looks killer. Yeah, especially with all the black trim and uh, grill and all that. Yeah, it looks so good. So this one says. So that's the uh, thing is like. Oh, go on, go on, Art. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say that's the thing is like, did they make any like in a in a charcoal or gunmetal? I've seen white ones floating around, but like maybe like a. I don't know, would a silver look good? I don't know. Fuck yeah. I mean, any color would look good. Charcoal would look amazing, especially with charcoal wheels or something. But I think they were all kind of built to order. So if you, you know, uh, I'm sure they're out there somewhere. But this one says that uh, it's possibly one of two wagons um, built. Maybe that means the U.S. that the U.S. got. But so it's an 88 300 TE with a 6-liter V8 full AMG package. Pretty nice. And that was back in 2011, selling for $45,000. So that would be probably twice that now, something like that. Yeah. Nice car. Um, all right. I think that's an episode. Art, enjoy the rest of your trip, man, and we'll see you next week, yeah? We'll see you, and I hope this episode turns out okay. I know no more, no more uh, delay. a lot of lag here. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, no, I think we did all right. Um, Send around. <laughs> and uh, happy New Year's to all our listeners and uh, and friends. Um, Lane's going to kick his winter cough for his New Year's resolution. Someday, yeah. And um, I hope you guys have a good one, and we'll see you next year. Bye. Bye. See ya. Welcome to Driving Well Awesome. Yo, my name is Lane.